Episode 53, which was my football number for high school and college, so we better make this the best one ever. Are you crying already? <laughs> you said you were going to not do that today. It was just a great career. <laughs> I miss it. All right, let's start out. Let's go with client shout-outs first. Member shout-outs? Cli- let's go with member shout-outs. Member shout-outs. I'll go first. Uh, this, to me, is a no-brainer. Vanessa Dominguez comes in at 6.30 p.m. usually. She came to Cornhole as a guest of Laura Fernandez and said she wasn't really interested in coming to the gym. I was like, just try it. Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. Totally fine if it's not, but you're here for cornhole. So why would you not come here for a workout? (laughs) Came, did the trial period, and she's been here three days a week ever since. Completely killing it. Lost 12 pounds. Awesome. Always smiling now. Was scared to death on day one. Now can't see her out there without a smile. Absolutely dominant performance, Vanessa Dominguez. Awesome, Vanessa. So the other night, I actually haven't been on nights in a while, actually training at that hour. Um, so I haven't seen her in a little bit, but yeah, she lost weight for sure. She looks super confident in what she does now. And uh, really glad that Cornhole was the start of her career here at PPT. All right, I have Chris Utz. So I had him this morning. Wow. And man. I love his work ethic. I love the fact that he's gotten so much stronger than what he had when he came in here. And um, he kills it. He shows up super, super consistently. He never complained one time. Mm. I literally have not heard one complaint out of his mouth. Mm. Just gets his head down, puts puts his head down, goes to work, gets it done. Love That's it. a good one. In the in the old school Pratt work to talk ratio, Chris Oots dominant. The old school talk oh, yeah. work to talk ratio. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's a killer in that category. Yep. Uh, underrated for me. Can't wait. This week. Can't wait. I don't know what this is going to be. This is this is better than Christmas presents right I think now. this is this is a better invention than the cell phone flashlight if you're keeping up with our episodes. Flossers. Flossers. Oh no. Flossers. Hang Ama- on. Okay. Well, no. you're old you're old enough to to know the importance of this because did you floss when you had to pull the thing out of the little I still do. You stop it. Yes. So you don't use flossers. So, I have this a reason. I'm going to let you finish. Mike, take a spot. I'm going to let you done. finish with your flossers. He's done. He's, done. He's out here. <laughs> the funny thing is, I am out of here next week. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish about these flossers before I tell you why I hate them. Okay. Yeah. Just super convenient. Whoever decided to put a flosser on a stick made it so efficient for people to just get it done as quickly as possible without the pulling on the string. I remember struggling with it. A ton when I was younger. It's like I don't know how to do this. This is annoying. Too much resistance. I'm not doing it. But now I have no problem. I actually even enjoy it. Maybe I don't do it as much as like Dr. Patwa would want me to, but I try to do it way more uh, consistently, and I feel like I do because it's not that difficult to do it anymore because of the invention of the flosser stick. All right. So this might be a me thing. Number one, you see these things everywhere. It bothers me that people are easily just throwing away. And they take up more space and more plastic than just a piece of the plastic floss. So number one, bad on everybody who just throws them on the side of the road because I can't stand that. That's not my real reason. Mm. So maybe this is just me. I can't get those stupid things between my teeth. I have a very tightly packed together teeth apparently. Mm. I need the thin dental floss, very specific brand. And I got to push pretty hard to get it through my teeth. So those flossers, I tried them and they broke as I was pushing them into my teeth. They literally snapped yep. or the piece of floss snaps in my tooth. Now mm. I have a piece of floss in my tooth and okay. I have to figure out how to get that out. I haven't found a brand that has a thin enough floss that can get through my teeth the right way. But maybe that's a me problem. I okay. don't know. So I have some upstairs. We're going to try that. 
because I have experienced the super thick versions and I have had a similar issue, but the ones I have upstairs are not. We're going to try that right, right after the show. We're going to try that after the show and update you all, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> What's uh, yours? I have an overrated blinking Christmas lights. Oh! Overrated. All right, Christmas lights are fine. Ooh. But once you start making them blink, I feel like you're just making up for the fact that you didn't really take your time to set them up. And the blinking is trying to compensate for the fact that you threw a blanket of lights over a bush and call that your setup of Christmas lights. Interesting. Oh, this is so interesting. Because I'll agree on one and disagree on the other. One, blinking, <laughs> blinking Christmas tree lights, definitely overrated. Two, you know what's more overrated? Putting in a lot of time to getting the Christmas lights on. <laughs> Yeah, I can't really talk because I don't spend much time doing the Christmas lights. But when I look out, I'm like, that person just shouldn't have bothered. They, 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 they might as well not put it, which I shouldn't judge because they probably have kids. They're probably like, you know what, kids, we're going to go out here and get it done. And the kids don't really care. So yep, they love it. Yeah. Wow. And 20 percent of our viewers are gone because they have blinking lights on their Christmas tree. Yeah. And so that, <laughs> tis the season. Tis the season. <laughs> Had to be a Christmas theme. All right. So uh, for today. We have five ways. What do we have? <laughs> I got it. I got it here. <laughs> Had to switch my screen. How does Pratt make exercise fun? And we're going to have five ways for the way that we do that. So why don't you introduce that before I give the first way that we make it fun? Yeah. I had a conversation with a member the other day in his starting point session. And one of the big topics was, I want to start exercising, but I just don't find it fun. And I would love to find a workout that is actually fun for me to do. And this was a former college athlete that used to work out a ton when they were an athlete back in the day. And they're trying to get back to that type of shape. But everything they try just isn't working. And the foundation of that seems to be, I'm just, I don't find exercise fun at all. So we went pretty deep on why he finds it not to be fun and then my response on this podcast of how we make things fun for everyone, which leads to them being consistent. Yeah, awesome. I love it. And um, the amount of people that don't realize that exercise can be enjoyable because what they're doing elsewhere is somebody else's plan, potentially somebody else's goals. And that's a huge selling point here is you're going to work on your own goals, what's important to you, not the person next to you which is totally different than how most gyms do it, unless you're able to be on your own and you know how to put a plan together on your own. So number one, uh, capable exercise selection. What does that mean and why does it matter for how we make exercise fun? Yeah, so this is probably our bread and butter as a fitness business here. And I'll start with where they went wrong because the conversation that I'm having with this person, they're mentioning all these exercises that they are doing in the gym on their own that are generally perceived as great exercises. I've, I do the barbell back squat, I do the deadlifts, I do barbell bench press, but you know, like, I don't know, this seems to bother my knees, this seems to bother my back, and I must be doing it wrong, my technique must be off. So my conversation with him was, maybe they're just not great exercises for you right now, and maybe it has nothing to do with your exercise technique or your sets and reps. Um, so what we do here with everybody is we start with lower risk exercises. So if we don't think the barbell back squat is a great exercise for a particular person, which we don't in 95% of cases, we might start them off with a much different lower body exercise selection that fits that category, 
but gives that individual a much higher likelihood of succeeding and progressing while reducing the risk of pain or injury. So I think that was the first big thing for this person to realize is that you don't have to do these exercises that your friends say to do or that YouTube says to do because everyone thinks that they're great. Uh, and then ultimately, maybe we get to that exercise one day because we're going to increase your exercise difficulty as you progress and as your confidence and your capability improves, most importantly. Yeah. And if you're listening right now, there is like nothing more frustrating in the gym than doing an exercise that you currently can't do or trying to do one and having to go through that every single time. I remember as a new personal trainer, selecting the wrong exercise for somebody, but not really realizing it because I was still new. And they're frustrated because they can't do it. They feel inadequate. I'm frustrated because I can't coach them into the right position or feeling the right things. Now we're both frustrated. Mm. And like, so trying to force this just doesn't work. So better exercise selections make a huge difference into your experience of the gym. Love that you started with that one. Yep. Uh, all right, point number two. So we're gonna go through five points here. Point number two is it can't be too hard. Break yeah. that down for us. Yeah, so where we're gonna start on this is we're gonna talk about what this person did wrong in that when they're trying, when they're going back to the gym, they're trying to train like an athlete because they were one 12 years ago. So when they go in, they're doing their, their, their college uh, athlete training workout. I warm up with this and I do like some sprints and I do some of this and uh, then I go into back squats and like, you know what? Like your workouts are way too hard for you right now from what you're telling me. You go to the gym as a gym member and you try to do these athlete athletic workouts from 15 years ago that at the time you were capable of and that you were pushed to do by your coaches and strength coaches. But now that's just not a great fit for your current capability. Mind you, it is 15 years later. So right now, if you're trying to get consistent and going to the gym, probably one of the worst things you could do is go in on day one and try to crush your workout and leave 10 out of 10 exhausted because chances are that's going to be short-lived and you're not going to be motivated to go back once you experience that a few times, regardless of how motivated you were when you became restarted. Awesome. I get it. It made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Check the dictionary on that one. <laughs> when you became restarted. It's perfect. Perfect English. Um, all right. So going along with that, point number three now is it can't be too easy. All right, so let's not make it too hard, but now what happens when you make it too easy? Yeah, and then this was the other end of the spectrum with this particular person of, you know, I would lose motivation, I would try to work out really hard, and then I would go back to the gym a few months later, and then I just wouldn't know what to do, so I'd walk on the treadmill for a few minutes, and I'd do a few machines, and I just feel like I wasn't accomplishing anything. And there's some truth to that, and that it was somewhat underwhelming, and everybody wants to feel like they're moving towards their goals, but the fluctuation of making the workout so hard because you were so motivated to accomplish something very quickly, and then all of a sudden go to the other end of the spectrum of, you know, I think I should just go to the gym, show up, and do a couple things, but then feel like you really didn't accomplish anything is equally as unmotivating as making it too hard. So everyone does want to feel like they're moving towards their goals when they're in the gym, but obviously make sure you're not pushing yourself too hard. Uh, and you don't want to overwhelm yourself, but also don't underwhelm. All right, bullet point number four, have a great workout community. Yeah, so with this particular individual, going to the gym on their own was a no-go. Just I don't have anybody to work out with. I like socializing. There's nobody to talk to. I tried a couple other group classes where it seemed like it was just loud music and cheerleader-esque trainers where I didn't really meet people or talk to them or anything like that. So 
those two environments were not great for this person and it wasn't a great workout community for them. But what could drive a great workout community are having great trainers that are good people and good to talk to and fun. Um, you know, maybe, and not for everybody, the screaming on the microphone type trainer is what's best. And there are a lot of people who will come in here and say something like that of, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm at cheer camp or that I'm in the military. I want to feel like I'm progressing from an exercise standpoint. Uh, also workout partners, people that you are working out with. It's fun to see other people around that are working hard, trying to accomplishing, trying to accomplish goals as well. And they are experiencing the same struggles and the same successes as you. And you guys are sharing those with each other. Hey, I gained 30 pounds in the last six years. So did you. Now we're here. We're working together. We're trying to reverse that. We're trying to do better. We're in this together, even if we're doing different workouts. Uh, and then lastly, like not being a hard ass all the time when it comes to going to the gym, not having a trainer who's just screaming at you the whole time because they feel like the only way to make you progress from a fitness standpoint is to scream at you or belittle you. Uh, but at the same, on the same note, it's not Sesame Street either. You know, you want somebody who's going to hold you accountable and tell you the truth when that time comes. So you don't need somebody screaming in your face, but you also don't want everyone telling you how great you are at every opportunity. If you are struggling, you want them to be completely honest with you the majority of the time. So don't be a hard ass, but it's also not Sesame Street. So I'm going to use that on some, this ain't Sesame Street, you know. <laughs> I'm not yelling at you, but it's not but Sesame Street. it's not Street. Sesame Street. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's something about upstairs that I, I questioned when I first got involved here, if the camaraderie would be okay on the floor as the sessions grew, because not everybody's doing the same thing. It seems to be a non-issue that just the fact that we're working out, knowing that everybody's working on their own goals is motivating enough because you're with other people working out. Seems to work just fine. Uh, that's big for most people. All right. Uh, number five, last one, seeing progress. This is massive. If you're not seeing progress, you are going to be pretty unmotivated. You're not going to be having fun. Yeah, and it's it's really tough to see progress if you're working out on your own and not writing things down. Mm -hmm. And also if you're going to a gym where the workouts are completely random each yes. time. So sometimes the workouts can be fun if it's always different, but it's really tough for you to know if you're actually making progress if you have a different set of exercises every time you attend the gym. Um, so random workouts, they're really tough to measure to actually see if you're making progress in terms of increasing your reps, increasing your weight, increasing your sets, or improving your time of a particular cardiovascular activity. Um, and then subjectively feeling better. And if you're exercising, you should be able to feel a difference in your mood, in your energy, and hopefully have less pain um, if you have had pain before in the classic knee, back, or shoulder scenario, but the right exercises being chosen for you uh, can go a long ways in hopefully helping with something like that. But the, uh, the issue that I was seeing in my conversation uh, with this new member is that every time they would go to the gym, they would do some of these exercises and it would be somewhat random and they would be in pain almost every time. And they would say like, I didn't even like going to the gym because I just associate it with feeling the pain in my back and my knees. And uh, I didn't even like feel better. I feel like I was having like, I felt like I was like having less sleep because I was like anxious over the fact that I was going to the gym and I was in more pain wow. than I was if I hadn't gone. Wow. Talk about a bit of a um, like 
a uh, what's the word for that? I'm looking for. Oh shoot, it's been a long Oxy, morning. Oxymoron. Maybe? Yeah, it's yeah. on the it's on the dichotomy. Um, it's, some, it's one of those two words. <laughs> one of those big words that I'm not quite sure what they mean, but it sounds like it fits right now. We need a full time dictionary out here. <laughs> We're gonna need that. We're gonna need a projector, a dictionary. Uh, all right. So a quick recap of everything would be number one. So this is if you, how to make workouts fun and how we do it with our members. We choose capable exercise selections. Exercise that people are capable of performing right now that we can make them difficult. We can't make it too hard or else it's unmotivating because you can't do it and you feel inferior to the fact that you can't even perform things that we want you to do. It's too hard for you to even do. We can't make it too easy because then you're going to feel like you're not moving forward and you're not getting things done. Uh, we have a great workout community. We talked about that just recently. And then seeing progress, the last bullet point, we track everything for you to make sure you don't have to worry about that. We track your progress. We know what you've been getting on the cardio times. We know the sets and reps you've been doing and how to push you to do a little more, even if you're not seeing certain other things that can be measured. For example, very popular, the scale. The scale may not change the first few months, very common for somebody who hasn't worked out, the scale stays the same, but you feel a ton better, your clothes feel better, and we've tracked your progress on the paper to know that you've probably gained some muscle, probably lost some body fat like we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah, great. Solid episode. I wanted to give a low-key underrated shout-out to two things. One, Irene Calagero's cookies. I haven't had one yet. Yeah, They're unbelievable. And then two, not to be outdone, and the best dessert i've had or does the best cookie slash dessert i've had psycho sid oreos what do you call them oreo balls oreo balls yeah Ooh, addicting i don't know what she does but there's easily two thousand calories in each oreo ball and it's fine i'm happy she only gave me two of those because if that was for the taking nobody would have had any and i would have had the worst stomach ache ever you're yesterday. right yeah um also shout out this will be the last episode that you guys listened to in 2022. That's right. So for starters, make sure everyone goes to awards night because I definitely want to talk about the year that we just had a little bit in 2022 and how special it was for us. Uh, and also give some shout outs to all the members that just work their butt off in here every day. Um, it is very tough to stick to a fitness regimen for year or years and consistently see progress and keep attending. And uh, I think our members are a special group of people that uh, continuously just work really hard and just keep showing up. Uh, so I definitely want everyone to be recognized for that. So make sure you're at awards night on January 14th at 435. Checks out pretty much. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you know what? We're going to have fact check that. The, the pregame starts at 2 p.m. Just be there for 2 p.m. Yeah. Uh, it's We sent multiple emails. So yep. We'll be fine. <laughs> right now, I'm scared to say what it is because I'm scared <laughs> I'm going to say the wrong thing. And uh, a special shout out to the staff for this past year. A lot of people have stepped up big time, and we've added some new parts to the staff as well. And everybody has just been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we've grown by 35% in this past year. We have more than 100 new members in comparison to the end of last year. And uh, this team is just unbelievable uh, from top to bottom, from the staff to the members. I'm just very, very fortunate and proud to be a part of this. Awesome. You have 10 more seconds to try to make yourself cry if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing but happy tears here. <laughs> All right, that's it. Peace out, everybody. Peace. See you in the new year.